Thank you for joining us. In this podcast, we are real people talking about real things, child abuse and neglect, a topic that is all too often left in the shadows of silence, leaving survivors alone, fearful, and oftentimes without a voice. We're having conversations to become louder than silence. It is here where we will invite you to join us and be the change needed to end child abuse and neglect. Hi, my name is Lori Poland, and I am the Executive Director of the National Foundation to End Child Abuse and Neglect. Thank you so much for joining us today and listening in. Our mission is to end child abuse and neglect in our lifetime, and the way that we see doing that is by uniting the voices of the tens of millions of people who have been impacted and affected by child abuse and neglect in one way or another. And this guy right here is one of our newest board members, John Vaughn. And John is a former NFL player, a survivor, a father, a friend, just a badass dude. Yeah. And um, John is going to be on my podcast a couple of times. Yeah, and we're just going to, yeah, we're going to do some cool things. And we're just going to talk. Um, this is the Louder Than Silence podcast, which ultimately is real people having real conversations. We're just talking about real life stuff, and um, the whole goal is to just shift the conversation about child abuse and neglect from being a topic that is predominantly seen as something that people don't want to talk about, people or something that people turn away from, or something that people say, "Oh, that happens somewhere else," and that that doesn't happen in my neighborhood. And um, when in truth, we know that this topic does not discriminate. <laughs> it doesn't uh, just happen in poor communities. It doesn't just happen to minorities or marginalized people. It happens everywhere. And we're here today to talk about John's story and your experience, which um, has just in the last couple of years really come into fruition for you. Yeah. Um... Tell us about your... So weird that, you know, when you talk, you put it in the last couple of years, but mm-hmm. I feel like since March of 2020, I've had to relive the first 50 years of my life, which is... Um, a lot to undertake. When I feel like I just started the back nine of my life, I'm a <laughs> golfer, right? So I figure I have so much more life, you know, ahead of me. And having to concentrate on so much of what happened in the past was, it was very, it was daunting. Yeah. It yeah. was daunting. Um, essentially, um, if the audience doesn't know, two weeks after my 50th birthday, I found out from a former teammate of mine that I had been one of several thousand victims of a team doctor who was under the guise of medical treatment, you know, giving us unnecessary testicular cancer screening exams and prostate cancer screening exams at 18. Um, at college. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. at, at college, at the University. Mm-hmm. So I, I played football at the University of Michigan. Mm-hmm. And um, more than anything else, that was actually the realization that so much of the foundation of going from boyhood to manhood, 
during yeah. my college years. Was, that rite of passage. Yeah, it was destroyed. Mm -hmm. Like I, had, I questioned it all. Mm -hmm. um, and then as you started to peel the onion and look, you know, under the surface at how big the iceberg was, you saw how this was, you know, would turn out to be the largest sexual assault and rape cover up in the history of sports. And so that was, you know, my realization. Yeah. <laughs> now, the reliving of it was more of a, I mean, we try not to talk in, you know, from an analogy standpoint, David and Goliath, Michigan is a behemoth organization. Um, a whole system. A whole, whole system. Um, it's, you know, the number one public institution in, in, in the world. It's the winningest college football program mm. in history. Um, and yet it also um, is responsible for one individual having more rapes on U.S. soil since slavery. Um, and he had a 40-year reign of terror that started in the mid-60s. Um, and then he retired in 2003 um, at the university. Um, and there were decisions that were made throughout his tenure where they moved him from the paying more affluent student body um, and they buried him in the athletic department, which was a socioeconomic and racial decision to, uh, you know, put him in contact and have unfettered access to uh, a mostly African-American uh, majority population. Wow. So. Um, and so you said in March of 2020, a, a teammate reached out and that was when, like it all, did it all flood back? Did, you know, what, tell, tell us about that. No, I think um, really the first three days, um, after getting his email and my first conversation with him about it, it all, you know, I didn't sleep. You run through these gamut yeah. of emotions from anger to, you know, sadness, to grief, yeah. uh, the confusion. Um, and then I immediately started looking at uh, different uh, articles and whatnot um, got referred to who is now my attorney, um, Mike Cox, um, who was a former attorney general of the state of Michigan, and really just to understand like what's going on because I'm reading all these articles and actually the articles didn't start coming out. So it was made public that there was this atrocity that happened in February of 2020. Uh -huh. And you know, if we go back, remember, that's when COVID hit. Right. So my birthday is March the twelfth. Mm -hmm. That's when and I was living in Dallas. Everything shut down. So right. my birthday sucked. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. And you know, later we'll get into how difficult my birthdays have been since two thousand eleven. But so those two weeks. We're shut down. We're, you know, for the first time in history, the whole world is shut down. And then I get this email from my friend and teammate about how we were subject to these 
um, sexual assaults. Um, and, and, and being a girl dad, I understood sexual assault and things of that nature because I always wanted to protect my daughters. Yeah. But I didn't understand the clinical definitions of rape right, right. that it could be fingers. And so I was digitally raped. Um, I remember when I first started remembering things, it went from I knew 12 times to 15, uh, 20 to 30 till at the end, because um, my tenure at the University of Michigan was very historic in that I was the first person to leave college football and declare for the NFL after two years of, two with two years, years of eligibility left. So by the time I left the University of Michigan in those three years or three seasons, mm -hmm. I had been digitally raped 50 times. Mm -hmm. um, and um, seeing how, uh, once I found this out, seeing how we were, and then let me just go back. <laughs> Being that we have this rivalry with Michigan State, I remember what happened at Michigan State with Larry Nasser? And I remember saying, while I'm watching um, Larry Nassar the trial. Larry Nasser trial, mm -hmm. what well, does never happen at Michigan? Mm -hmm. And and watching the ESPYS and them getting the humanitarian, yeah. you know, and all that. And then to have it happen in Michigan, there at, was confusion. So at that time, let me just ask you, when you thought that. At that time, did you had you thought that all of your exams were normal? I didn't even think of my exams, oh. right? Because that was the first ever really, you know, think about it. Yeah. One man had raped hundreds yeah. of people. And you didn't hear about stuff like that. I mean, you knew these atrocities were happening. Yeah. Right in the history of the world, but well, and even one of the gymnasts um shared not thinking that her vaginal exams were wrong. And right. even when her her teammates had come to her years prior to mm -hmm. them coming forward and said, I think that this was wrong, she described it, no, no, that's no, just routine. Right. right. Like these vaginal exams were part of the hip and back routine. Right, like he had this process of vaginal adjustments, which right. don't exist. Right. But he's the U.S. Olympic coach. A gymnast coach. coach. You know what I mean, right, right. people understand yeah. sports, like in right. the different sports, like as it pertains to U.S. Olympics, gymnastics, he was and in. then track and field. That like those are the and now swimming with Michael Phelps, yeah. but gymnasts right. are the crowning Olympics. athletes, right? Yeah. And so you have this, you know, trainer for the gymnasts. Oh, you know, he's got all these techniques and that's that's yeah. a lot like at Michigan, like, right. you know, like, so, so at that time, you like, what you I would imagine even, well, I'm, I guess it's not even imagining the curious, I'm just curious, when at the time when it was occurring, you had thought this is the routine, this is part of it? Uh, absolutely, because okay. it, they were all at the end of our end of exams where he would go through a process of, okay, we need to do a testicular cancer screening exam. Um, we need to do a prostate cancer screening exam. Now, 
if we back up, my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer uh -huh. my senior year of high school. high school. And it was almost simultaneously when the recruiting season started. So Michigan showed up right on my high, at my high school. Yeah. At the same time, my mom's being diagnosed, diagnosed with breast cancer. So cancer is a, like yeah, a loud I'm terrified cloud. of yeah. cancer. So, you so whatever wanted, it takes to We want to do a screening sure, exam? Yeah. Yeah, I never questioned it. Imagine how many people, John, have that as, I mean, and I can't even tell you how many disclosures I've heard. I, I don't even know. It's, right, it's right. in the thousands. I mean, and so often, so often, it's, it is the, that it's that same dialogue of, or similar dialogue of later in life, I realized somebody said, well, that this happened to me and it was wrong. And it was the comma and it was wrong that the other person or the survivor is like, but wait, that happened to me too. So you mean it right. was wrong to me too? Right. And then like dad crawling in bed with me every night mm. is that mm. was wrong. Like, wait, your dad didn't crawl in bed with you every night. Right. Like what? Right. I mean, and all of a sudden it's this realization. And I think, I, th I think this is the other thing. I know offline, John and I have talked about this so much. It just, just the reaction and the upset of people. We've talked about, like the, um, the the barriers to to entry of of this um, settlement work from the university. So so they lost the lawsuit, right? They settled, and and now they're paying out all of these survivors. And and yet their barrier they're creating these barriers to entry so that you're there's it's harder to access the resources that they are due to due to owe you and and the response traumatization yes yeah. and the yeah. it's like this constant fight against power and the and loss of power because that's what essentially being raped being abused being sexually molested being psychologically abused all of those yes. things is that and though well i think and 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 there's also a point where as children we're taught about respecting respect all elders. of these people in positions of authority yeah especially when they have hold over your future and right. your family's livelihood right and your yeah i mean so you didn't question, and then in the recruiting process, where the gaslighting and the grooming starts, mm -hmm. we've got the best of this, we got the best of that, yeah. we got best, 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 best. We got a legendary coach. Oh, you so you just think that everything that they this say. is not so different than high school. Yeah. So everything they say is right. It's True. in your best interest. Yeah. Because it's all about like for us, this carrot was becoming a Michigan man. Yeah. Right, and that was like the first you from day one. You that was what you wanted to achieve. Yeah. Um, well, and and then even knowing your history, it was also an exit strategy. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in a very abusive and oppressive home. Uh, my father was very, um, very difficult to live with. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, I. Um, had been sexually assaulted and raped um, numerous times as a child. And so 
Yeah, it's actually all the way up until I think the last time I got raped was three weeks before my high school graduation. So getting out of you know St. Louis, it was, Michigan was a escape. Yeah. Um, I really thought I was free. Yeah. Um, that was the point in which I knew I would never come back home. Well, and the types of assaults that you experienced at Michigan were different than the assaults that you experienced back home. Absolutely. They were, like, all of them were under the guise of medical treatment. At Michigan, we could not see any, we had to see Dr. Robert Anderson for all on-the-field and off-field injuries. So, so he was your doctor. He was our doctor. I never saw my childhood pediatrician again right. when I stepped on campus at the University of Michigan. Mm-hmm. And... He was the gatekeeper to passing you to get out to practice. Wow. So you so would, he held a lot he of authority. He held a lot of authority. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just interesting. When I, so I think the difficult thing in all this is to take the love that was grown through an 18-year-old's mind, mm-hmm. to, but to find this out from a 50-year-old's mind. So you look at things completely different, mm. right? Like I am. So describe that. Tell me so, about that, that predator brain. Or the, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 very. So. I think most people want to be involved in something positive, something good, yeah. right? So, when you are going to college and you're playing big time college sports, you want to be a part of a team. Yep. And. Um, the, the 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 program, the coaching staff, the history is so much greater than what you experienced in high school. Yeah. So you're a part of something that's bigger than you. Yeah. Right. And so you subject yourself to sacrifices to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's willingly sacrifice. Like, you don't, it's not like they're taking it from you, even though there's like this pressure cooker that you're constantly in. Once again, you're trying to achieve this stature of Michigan man. Looking back at it as a 50-year-old who is now a grown man, entrepreneur, father, I can't, I'm not blinded by a successful coach to think that there can be, he can do no wrong, he's infallible, the naivety. Yes, the naivety. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, um, that and I mean, isn't that the unconditional positive regard that children are born with? Yes. Right? Like children are born to trust. And yeah. it's not until we teach them that whatever that was was not trustworthy. Right. 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 Well, think about it this way. You know, you, your daughter just got her driver's license today. So mm-hmm. she had to adhere to certain rules. Yeah. Right? As a college athlete, you had to adhere to certain rules. You were right. held to a certain standard. standard. Yeah. To know that so many individuals knew about the sexual improprieties of this doctor, why is it that as a grown man, as a fully developed and mature individual, I why do I... Hold them at a different standard than I was being held at that time. Because if mm-hmm. I had raped an individual on campus, I'd have lost my scholarship, 
or if I knew and covered up someone's yeah. rape, I would have lost my scholarship. So why is it that you hold these coaches and these institutions at a higher standard than you were, or a lower or a standard. lower standard than yeah. you were? You know, and this is what I tell people. And um, if you really understand sports, you can't have a great coach without great coach without great players. You can't have great players without a great coach. Right. And you can't have great sports programs at the division one level without having great institutions because the sports programs are the marketing engines from the institutions. I don't ever remember watching a science class at one o'clock on Saturday afternoon at the University of Michigan. I was watching a stadium full of a hundred. I never played in front of less than 105,000, 106,000 people at a home game at the University of Michigan. Mm -hmm. So it is a global brand. It is yeah. a behemoth. It is a Goliath of an organization yeah. through the block M, right? And so, yeah. <laughs> but now at 50, I'm saying Who there was a man, protecting? there was a that, you know. Right. Who were they protecting? All, yeah, were they protecting they... the blocked M or were they protecting the child? Yeah, yeah. And, like who was yeah. the adult in the room? Right. Right. And obviously yeah. there was nothing. And then what you have, especially in this case, yeah. you have an institution like the University of Michigan pay close to $11.9 million for an independent study to show who all knew and over 24 individuals in power within that organization through his tenure knew about Dr. Daniel Anderson's proprietary and didn't do anything, one of which was Bo Schembechler, the legendary coach. You also had, I mean, in a 270-page report, one of the most glaring things was we stopped contacting victims because it was just too numerous to continue to find out. So they gave up trying to find an exact number of wow. his victims because they realized it would have taken years for they them to have, do this study. They would have been at it. Right. And wow. so it took $11.9 million of the university's money to prove that they were in the wrong. The institutional institution was responsible for enabling and harboring a sexual predator. For four decades, right, 1966 to 2003, and in 1993, and they closed in 1995. They bought this individual's private practice. So there are all these things that are going on that, as a 50-year-old, yeah. I'm saying that's not right. That's not right, mm -hmm. and not all great athletes, coaches, celebrities, just not. That doesn't mean. Just because you're good at something or great at something doesn't mean you're a good person. Yeah. And doesn't mean that you're flawed and have the. Or that you're but you can make flawed. mistakes. Right, right. Right? Yeah. Um, and so I think that was. That led to a decision to come out and tell my story. Yeah. Because I was watched how the young ladies were villainized at yeah. Michigan State. Right. The and then I'm sitting there saying the majority of us are African-American athletes. So, who you know, we were already being villainized. Yeah. Um, so I decided to tell my story for one selfish reason and one selfish reason only. I did not want my daughters to find out that I had gotten raped 
on the sports center. Okay. So that's why I started the process of speaking yeah. up and speaking out. And as we talked about being louder than the silence. Louder than silence, man. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So, all right. If our viewers on this episode wanted to just walk away with one lesson. Ooh, just one lesson. Just one lesson. I would say the biggest thing that I anchor on now, um, because I've suffered or have survived so many different aspects of yeah. sexual abuse. Yeah. From as early as second grade to Michigan. Well, and even just abuse in general. Right. Like, I mean, right. And, and, and people can listen to our first podcast to hear all about all of that. But right. abuse in general, John. It's to find someone to believe you. I think that's, so either be, either find someone to believe you or the reverse of that is believe someone who comes to you and tells you. Oh, yeah. Because Love that, that is, and in, 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 in 1A is if <laughs> the first person you tell doesn't believe you, go find someone to believe you. You keep, you keep telling your truth until you find someone to believe you. Mm -hmm. Because that would be your lighthouse in the storm. Love it. So I want to thank each of you again for joining us today and listening in. If you or someone you know is being abused, please call 1-800-4-A-CHILD. To learn more about ENDCAN, visit www.endcan.org or find us on all social media platforms. Join us in being louder than silence and being a part of the change. Please leave a comment, like our podcast, or share with your friends. The more the word spreads, the more of a collective impact we can have.